recording. Welcome back to episode 10 of the podcast. Yeah, 10. Um, as always, your hosts are me, Max Mill, and the big man. Uh, Hamish MacArthur, big guy. So, how you doing, bro? I haven't seen you in, like, how many days? 50 days? Since Quiff. Oh, yeah. F- yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, we just FaceTimed about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I haven't seen you proper more than 50, I think. It's been, like, it's been ages. It's almost... Absolutely ages. Yeah, so... Yeah, like, 70, 80 days, maybe. Too long. I'm having withdrawals, but... It's fine. <laughs> Me too. I got the max shakes. <laughs> the shakes. Okay, we're gonna jump straight into it and speak about obsession. And yeah, we have to be obsessed to be athletes. Do you think? Hmm. Yeah. Uh. I think there's always gonna be issues when you label something as strong as obsession or passion with these words because they like the lines between them get blurred like who is to say that it's an obsession or it's a passion or it's an addiction like where is that line drawn because it's such a personal thing there isn't a concrete boundary that you can say it's always very yeah as i said a very personal experience as to whether you're obsessed or simply passionate about something Mm. i think to a degree you do have to be obsessed i think that comes a little bit with just blind faith that it's the right sort of path to go down because no one ever really knows. But for an athlete, yeah, you've got to you've got to be a little bit crazy. <laughs> I feel like we definitely are a bit crazy. Um, okay, because recently, uh, has it been recently? I feel like lockdown. So I've always been pretty like. I want to do this, and I don't want to skip sessions. I want to be, like, doing everything as possible as I can. And that started probably, like, being, like... I feel like you can train really hard. Okay, let's, this is my definition of an athlete. Um, You have to be... It's not about what you do inside the gym, because everybody can train hard, but being a real athlete is about what you do outside of the gym. So your sleep... Um, and the environment you put yourself in, so, like, not going out partying, or, or, you know what I mean, like, being, like, living the life of an athlete, because everybody can train, I guess, and that's what I came to a conclusion, which is best suited for me, being an athlete. Mm-hmm. And in that space, there's also boundaries between being an athlete, a good athlete, like, an excellent athlete, and something that maybe even raises above simply athlete and being able to like truly express yourself in your art and be like say the best in the world let's just say as this like ultimate goal not just in one competition but undeniably the best and I think to achieve that everyone at the top level will be putting in so many hours in training everyone will know all the obvious things they will know that you need to eat this sort of food or this like this healthy diet you need to sleep this much you need to do this amount of hours in the gym train this amount of hours there is kind of an outline for that sort of thing but what separates what i think separates the like the people who are like obviously leagues above everyone else is they've just found one or two little things that they do that no one else is doing it's all about finding those tiny little blind spots and then capitalizing on that, whether that is through, I don't know, like a lot of meditation or whatever to just be more comfortable and under pressure or just little things that you have to discover on your own that can't be taught to you because they're such personal things that if someone simply tells you what to do, you know, it's it's obviously not the right thing. Yeah, for sure. Because just like you can be... So this quote, I love this quote, you can be the guy with all the tools, but that doesn't make you the, but you don't, if you don't have the knowledge to use them, then, like, you're not going to get anywhere, and that's kind of the same, but 
if you get given these things and you don't put them into practice properly or you don't know how to use them and then you're just not actually getting the effects what they can bring to your performance i think it's deeper than that i think yeah if you're being given the tool then it probably isn't a tool that's going to be the extra like thing that makes you better than everyone else if someone already knows what it is and is giving it to you to use like if someone just tells you okay max you need to do this 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 and this and then you're going to be one of the best athletes that the world has ever seen it doesn't work like that because you're an individual like people always teach the way that they themselves would learn and so if you're presented with a certain set of tools they may work for the person who gave them to you but not for you so you need to be on this journey discovering things for yourself it's not there's not an easy road you have to go for a lot of trial and error you've got to figure stuff out that no one's done before if you really want to be truly exceptional at what you do yeah i agree that is that is right and it's hard finding these things and i don't think you can necessarily force it as well i feel like you can look and i feel mark said this to me as well but um so learning you can get addicted to learning and you just constantly want to learn and learn and learn and that will lead you to be like not obsessed about learning but it won't lead to it won't end well i don't think and you'll yeah i feel these things are kind of like that you can be looking for them but sometimes they just come maybe mm, potentially i don't know i feel that and i may be wrong here but i don't know i feel that you do need to actively seek out these things you can't just yeah passively wait for a great epiphany to come to you you have to sit down although you can't for you can't force it but you have to put the actions in place that will make it easier for those to arise you have to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations that force you to really think about well, everything really and what needs to be done or what you could try yeah you can't just expect that it's going to come to you because that's what everyone does and it can't come to everyone yeah that's for sure because you can't like just like putting in the work you can't just wait for the work to happen you gotta get up and fucking get out of your bed and walk down to the shed and hang off some pieces of wood and shit so <laughs> it's, very eloquently put nah, but i'm just putting it as blunt no i'm being serious <laughs> that's pretty much it you can't really say it any better than that yeah it's not all glamorous you just have to it is what it is and it's not like this big massive i remember when i was doing a filming a video for psyche shout out our sponsor psyche but um yeah and they were asked oh so what's your biggest training secret and stuff and i was like bro there really isn't one like you actually just have to get up and go training day in day out and i feel like you want to be able to find this switch and yeah you'll find this switch where and i found this switch where i went up this new level and i started training better i started eating better but that's just me wanting to be better which allowed me to put in that work and yeah it's, the biggest secret is there's not any that's the short yeah. point well yeah there's not any I mean, there are definitely going to be little things that people are doing that we're not. Oh yeah. And like, there are definitely going to be sec we secrets in that, but we have our but own. But they don't as mean well. anything. Yeah, and they don't mean anything unless you have this base fitness. Like, it doesn't matter how technically good you are or like how mindful you are and consciously aware of everything. If you don't have that physical strength, and to get that, there really isn't any other way than just putting in the hours. Yeah. Yeah, as I said in my last post, it's like brushing your teeth. You know, you, you you don't see the benefits immediately. Like it's, you just have to trust that it's gonna work. And if you start missing them, you think, okay, I just won't brush my teeth tonight. And then you're just gonna keep getting in the habit of doing that. And then you're gonna, as with, if you don't train, have a 
vastly reduced quality of life, I think. You're gonna have rotten teeth and all that. Yeah, no and then um nobody wants rotten teeth. Nobody wants rotten teeth. And something I was talking about, um, with Will Bosey after this is um the analogy of wearing fake teeth. If you're too lazy to brush your teeth, you can't be bothered to do it, you don't put in the work, um, so your teeth all fall out. And then you just have to pay for someone to give you fake teeth. And then you walk around telling everyone they're real. And you've got the really nice shiny teeth because you brush them. And yeah, that's um, that's the analogy for steroids in sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. I like that. Which is basically just, yeah, people who are too lazy to uh, just like, yeah. actually do everything if you're lying and cheating then it will come out in the end basically won't it yeah exactly and i think this is something i've seen like from watching a crossfit documentary i can't remember what it was called and they were saying that there are definitely people in that community who take steroids but they're often not the people at the top of the game like they all get tested but people who fail the tests usually finish like pretty low down in the field and I was thinking just now like if they're the type of person who is too lazy to put in the work to get physically strong just as we were talking about before they're probably also too lazy to sit down and focus on the mental game like there's so much crossover there it doesn't really matter how physically strong you are if you don't know how to use it Yeah. so yeah, you've whilst maybe <laughs> having those shiny teeth, you know, would look nice to everyone. Like, oh, he's a really strong guy, whatever. But in reality, it's not going to do too much for you if you lack the mental fortitude to actually work for it. Then you obviously lack the mental strength to be able to put it to use and to figure stuff out for yourself. Yeah, I feel like the biggest. The biggest um, piece of an athlete is their character, and that what makes an individual able to be an athlete. I don't think like our identity is an athlete, but that our identity and us being work- hardworking, obsessive, maybe passionate about what we do, allows us to fall into that bracket of or label of being a professional athlete. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's definitely part of us. I think everything that happens is becomes ingrained in you and makes up the very essence of you in some respect. And considering basically everything interesting that's happened to me so far is being directly related to me pushing myself and pushing the limits through athletics and climbing by athletics i mean not actual athletics through athletic achievements say and climbing like it just defined me to some respect but it's not all there is obviously and understanding that not labeling yourself not judging yourself to be one thing or another just having that fluidity to adapt to different situations and understand yourself is definitely a powerful thing but way easier said than done i don't think many people including myself uh have got that fully dialed but working on it of course yeah man me as well constantly working on a lot of things i feel Mm -hmm. there's a lot of time in the day if you don't waste it i feel like days are getting shorter man not days I, I feel like I'm constantly busy. Well, I'm not constantly busy, but days do go fast. I get up, and I do my training. Then after my training, I eat. Then I'll go stretch. And I'm like, oh, what? It's 5 o'clock. I need to go do my conditioning. And I'll do my conditioning. Then after my conditioning, I'll eat food. And then it'll be like 8 or 9. And I'll do dishes. And I'll be like, shit, I need to have a shower and go to bed. And it's just in that cycle. But... What else should I rather be doing? Nothing. So, 
It's mm-hmm. all good. Only goes fast because only goes fast because you're using your hours wisely. Like you've got it all organized, even if it's not written down in a specific list of things to do. It is to some degree with a training plan, but as long as you've got it all ordered in your head, you know what you got to do. Then you don't just sit around wasting time that could be better spent. Yeah. How how do you feel? Do you feel your obsession or passion has been all good or has it led to bad habits or something, yeah, any bad habits or something mentally challenging? Mm. Well, I don't think any more than if I had chosen another path. Mm-hmm. I think, in fact, it's one of the best paths for me. It's something I was drawn to instantly in climbing and I love pushing myself so if there are some negative side effects then I mean there always are going to be unless I mean, you become enlightened but even that sounds quite boring just being a constant state of peace you know but to have peace I'm pretty happy to uh, you, I was going to say to have peace you need to have some stress to be peaceful maybe I don't know I I I, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same there's like no I feel like this about this is the biggest example for me, heaven, like, head. So in heaven, or whatever, there's just good. There's no bad, is there? There's, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's all just eternal bliss from what I've but gathered. You would get none to bliss. You would get none to that feeling of joy, and then joy would not be joy, and it would just be the norm yeah. and it wouldn't be as enjoyable maybe that's my opinion i think the whole point is that you wouldn't get numb to it i think like i thought i thought that for ages as well and i thought well if if he can create a whole planet he can probably make it so you don't get bored either mm-hmm. um but i'm but yeah i mean i would rather feel everything than just feel one thing even if even if that is just pure bliss forever i would rather have that contrasting with other things because it makes it well makes it feel a lot better i'm sure and it allows you to appreciate the bad times as well the unpleasant times as much as the pleasant times just because you know that there's something coming and you just just being able to appreciate it all but as you were saying with like the bad habits and stuff from training i think probably the biggest would be like selfishness and obsession like they're quite closely linked but i would rather have that because I'm, it's easier to deal it's easier to deal with if you're passionate about something like this it's a small sacrifice to have these little side effects and the stuff you can work on it's not like it's set but if i'd gone down a different route like even if i maybe wasn't selfish about my obsession i might have way worse characteristics about me so yeah you never really know that's the whole point really you never you just have to pick a path go with it and hope for the best mm-hmm. i feel like my characteristics have changed over the years of knowing you i think like i used to be a bit more just a bit of a sure person i think and not the putting other people i don't yeah, I feel like the person I am now is a lot better, and I'm way happier about who I am now than I was like when I was 14, 15, and that. But if I didn't go through them years, I wouldn't be where I am, in my opinion. So I just gotta fucking accept the past, move on. But my obsession, I feel like I'd, I go through dips, maybe. Maybe not dips, but I feel like through quarantine, I got a bit really obsessed i was just constantly trying to bet myself doing everything and i got kind of maybe a bit more ritual in my life as well and then i went from that um oh fuck yeah i was a bit i don't know you kind of just get really obsessed and you care so much and i'm like if i yeah, where I wasn't doing, like, some nights it would be really late. I'm like, 
okay, I'm not going to have a shower today, but I was like, but that's part of my routine. And I'd feel bad for skipping that part of my day or whatever. But now it's like, I didn't have a shower yesterday. I don't give, I don't give a fuck. And I'm getting more relaxed in my life and just focusing on the training and all that part and not, yeah, I feel like I'm happier and more steady. That probably comes back to what we are talking about earlier, whether you have to seek out these little advantages, such as getting a routine or all of those, or whether you just wait for them to come to you. And as you just highlighted, it's probably somewhere in the middle. You can't get too obsessive that it is ritualistic, but you also can't be so relaxed and just wait for everything to happen because it probably won't. Mm-hmm. Like with everything, I think, it's just going to be a balance somewhere in the middle, in the grey area. Yeah. And it's something I was thinking about the other day, like with our podcasts and these, you find yourself repeating the same thing. And for me, the thing that I, there's a couple of things that I've been saying quite a lot. And the first is that just finding balance. There's so many different topics we've talked about where my conclusion is it's somewhere in the middle, in the grey area. There isn't a definite answer. You just gotta like know it's between these two bounds and just go between them and try figure it out for yourself. So yeah, I think that's a something I've learned through doing this. It's just the stuff you repeating is probably worth listening to. Yeah. And that balance in everything is definitely worth paying attention to <laughs> having to think about. <laughs> I was just thinking about Thanos saying balance. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Max, I know. It's funny. But yeah, well, I was going to say something, bro. Um, so yeah, the, I was searching for these things, and yeah, I found these little things what I really like to do, and they help me throughout my day, and I will continue to do them. But some days, like today, I didn't meditate, and I'm totally fine. And like, you don't have to be like, yeah, if I didn't do it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it later on in the day. I didn't do as soon as I woke up. I just got up, had breakfast, and did my training instead. And if, um, yeah, I feel like, for me, that's a bit healthier. And Yeah. When you get obsessive or too obsessive, you forget what first sparked that obsession. Like it yeah. just becomes too much of a ritual that you forget why you did it. Like, if you start meditating every day and you just do it, you just do it you just do it to get it done so you can go and have breakfast and and you forget the actual reasons for doing it Mm -hmm. it's not going to be it's not going to be helpful anymore and for me i felt that i cared a bit too much about the meditation and all these other things and we're putting that maybe before climbing as well which is totally wrong and the real part of training is actually doing the training and all these other things come after it i feel but build you're training up and helps that support structure, I feel. Hmm. I'm not sure if I agree there. I don't know. I personally, I think, well, obviously you can climb without meditating. We can't, you won't climb as well. Like climb without climbing. No, no, I'm saying you could you definitely need climbing. It's an essential part. Yeah. But I think it's as much about unlearning these bad habits that you just naturally do and don't even think about as learning to bet yourself through training or whatever i think it's as important if not more important to take a step back and think what you're doing wrong in climbing that you're not even aware of or what you could be doing better mm-hmm. I, I don't know i just i just feel you need this well, you don't need it to be a good climber, but to be an excellent athlete, an excellent person, excellent climber, all of this, you do need this base of like confidence in yourself and honesty with yourself and all that. Yeah. That you can obviously climb without, but you're not going to be realizing your potential if you don't For sure. take the time to just sit down and do all this. So I think, whilst no, in the immediate, like you can't you can't see the importance of it until you've done it a certain amount of time and then you do get this release or this like sudden realization oh that's that's what i need to do 
And once you've got that and you figure out yourself and you can truly express yourself in your climb, you're going to have massive gains that you otherwise wouldn't even know were possible. Yeah, just like making strength gains. You don't make strength gains overnight. It's a long... It it takes a while to make these strength gains. And you might see these little improvements, but it's more likely just getting used to the movement or getting more recruited into the certain exercises. And just like meditation, what you said... You might see little bursts of, oh, this this is good, this is good, but it doesn't mean you can take the foot off the gas. You've got to be persistent with it and keep at it. And over time, it just you're building this wall, and every day is a new brick, and you just get stronger until you build that house and become an absolute powerhouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and with and with like strength training. If everyone's doing the same, I don't really want to be the same. Just doing that, you know, because like everyone's here, there's good climbers, but I don't think anyone, like, out there at the moment has reached like the limit of human ability in climbing. I don't think it's anywhere near that. I think we need some breakthrough. I don't know what it is yet, <laughs> but I'm sure there's just one or two little things that people aren't doing that if you figure out properly will not only get you to you know win competitions but to just truly see like the human limit or what we're truly capable of mm-hmm. and like maybe that is through just awareness of yourself because yeah you can get really strong but if you don't know how to use it i don't mean like body position or that i mean if you don't know how to physically access all the strength that you're building up if you don't know how to Prevent, like, like your, I, your I've got, brain is what you can you go to think for. I think I've got a little example of that. Like, so with me for fingerboarding or whatever, sometimes my gains could be hidden, and it's like, so one of hangs for example, like last year, it it took time for me to doing a bit more recruitment and just hanging on these small edges around like my fingers to wake up a bit more and then that's like when I realised I could hang like off some hard edges and I can jump up to small holds and just one arm off them and that was from that doing a little bit which sparked it so it wasn't like oh, what was your point I was yeah that's exactly it's not it's not that you're physio- like physiologically weren't capable of yeah. doing that it's just that you, your brain needed prompting on how to use your strength. Yeah, that allowed me but to imagine that on a, access the strength yeah. which I had. Yeah, and imagine that on a greater scale with being able to access full body, like, way more strength via full body strength instead of just getting used to movement patterns in fingerboarding. Imagine if you could like access true muscular potential that you've got uh, instead of blocking it with your brain. It's, Here's a little theory about this. There's a theory called Central Governor Theory in sports science by a South African guy called Dr. Tim Noakes. And he was an endurance athlete. Um, and there's a cent- Central Governor Theory basically says that your brain limits, like your brain induces fatigue in your muscles to stop you pushing yourself too far and injuring yourself. So you release all these chemicals and whatever so yeah you basically don't overexert your muscles and push yourself because evolutionarily if you can just run for ages yeah you might catch the antelope you're chasing or whatever but if then you like can't run for the next three weeks or whatever you're probably going to die so we have this limit in our head and through pure training he was like hypothesizing and figured out how to kind of break down that barrier in your head so you could push past the point where you feel you can not take a single step more in like a endurance event where you feel like you're completely dead you physically can't do another he was able to push through that and on the other side of that as long as you don't go to the extreme and do actually end up injuring yourself you can safely harness way more like power than you thought you had so if there's a way to do that in muscular strength rather than muscular endurance 
and then you can just unlock. I'm sure people are doing it to some smaller degree, but I ain't climbing. I haven't seen anyone. I don't think who's who I feel is truly unbelievably strong or accessing like all their muscular potential that we've got. Yeah. For example, like Eddie Hall doing the 500kg deadlift. I feel like he accessed for him so much more than everyone else in that. Like he accessed a lot of his potential in that one movement. So, I know, yeah, I agree. I don't think anybody else is really accessing a hundred percent of their ability. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, with something that's such a small movement, like a deadlift, like it only lasts what ten seconds max or something. Um, it might be a lot easier to get yourself in that headspace where you can break down those barriers. I think that's possible. I think people have done that for a while when you can stay in this meditative state where you're not thinking about anything else. You've completely cleared your mind and you can just physically harness all your muscular power or whatever you need to do. But when it's complex movements like climbing where you need to be aware of your surroundings and see everything, figure stuff out, I think it's way harder to stay in that state. It's, it's less about finding it and more about sustaining it which i think is probably the biggest issue yeah it's hard to stay in that bubble of being so such in that flow state and being able to push through your feet and weight the foothold properly so your foot doesn't pop because you have to think about all these little things and like how you're gonna your hand position on the hold if you're using your thumb on this crimp and all these tiny little things which you have to be aware about and you can't just look at it and just go climb. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Maybe if that can become just climb early instinctual. Yeah. If you get to a point where you don't have to think about that even on the hardest boulders or roots and then you can purely focus on uh, just being accessing yeah. this greater strength then. Maybe that's the way forward, but I think, as I said, it's going to be very hard to figure out. It's not something you can do overnight. It's going to take years and years and years and years of thinking, different people thinking, developing, all that. So, yeah, no easy fix, unfortunately. But if it was an easy fix, would it, would it even be worth it, bro? You know what I mean? Big man. Not really. Big man, Alan Milne. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Shout out my guy. Well, it's not going to be easy to find, but once you found it, it might be easy. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying... It might be easy to do. Yeah, it might be easy to do. Like, meditating is pretty fucking easy. It's not easy, but... Yeah, just you, sit on the... Yeah, you sit down and you just focus on your breathing and let your thoughts come. And if you want to think about them, think about them. Or if you don't want to think about them, try and just, like not shut them away but tap them with a feather and just let them pop and just bubble over and go away like okay i was thinking but i don't need to think i can just be here and be present and that helps me and helps hamish just really enjoy each activity we do and just live this life of a pair of cheese <laughs> exactly that's the ultimate golden life. Live like a G, as Max. Live, live like Hamish and Max. Put. Live like Hamish and Max. Pretty much. Ah, I think I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting blue light blocking glasses. I want a pair of blue light blocking glasses. See if to help you sleep better. Yeah, see if it helps me sleep. Can you not just put your phone on night mode? I do, but I don't think it helps as much. And on my laptop as well, bro. I'll see if it helps. Um, but yeah, and like yeah, in the ultimate world, I'd love to just put my phone down for like two hours before bed. But having a girlfriend, I can't really do that that much, cause I like speaking to her. You know what I mean? So. Mhm. Mm yeah. There's all there's all these things that are good for you, 
and like but shot in but is it actually is it actually worth reducing your quality of life nah. just to have nah. a little bit better sleep like nah. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous yeah like if i shot her off i'm like yeah i'm gonna speak to you from like eight o'clock and then yeah i feel like shutting that off would just not be beneficial i would not be as happy yeah. and that's why i'm a fucking like, climbing in the first place man Cause, yeah, cause sick sure. cause fucking sick mate <laughs> sick bro like, it's like with diet like like people some people are so obsessive mm-hmm. like they won't eat a biscuit for offer or a piece of cake just because they know it's bad for them but I'd rather you know even if it does make you like half a kilogram heavier in the long run I'd rather have that than I have a awful life counting every leaf of kale I'm putting into my body like it, it's kind of a no brainer to me that I'm not going to be reducing the quality of my life mm. to some extent because that in itself is going to be you know detrimental yeah I feel that would be detrimental to your performance as well because you'd be you wouldn't be as happy so you'd be training and maybe you would start to lose the love for what you're doing because your moods are affected and yeah I feel like if your mood like if if you were constantly had something wrong or we were sad I mean that could affect the things we love I feel and if eat not eating and not and man fucking it's a piece of cake isn't it I eat biscuits I eat cake sometimes I go through being more strict than other times but at the moment balance like you said again and again there's always balance because i'm not and as long as it's not habit yeah you're going to be fine as long as you understand that it's not good to just go and eat cake for tea every night <laughs> and it's a treat or whatever then there's absolutely nothing wrong with it yeah because my biggest reason for not eating a shit diet is to improve the quality of my life because we have one life. I want to live and enjoy it as most as I can. I have been eating these shit foods, or like processed meats and all this stuff, like not eating organic milk, all these things. And then my body's gonna be more inflamed than it already is from training. It's not gonna recover as better, so I'll be more sore. That could affect my mood. Then I'm just not happy, as happy as I could be, and I know that from. Eating shit, basically. Yeah. I totally agree there. Just that middle ground between not just having zero discipline and not having a shit life. Yeah. Are you going to say the quote? Somewhere. Are you going to say the quote? Ah. No, that's not. You said it too much, Max. Yeah, sound. Fuck it. You said it too much. Unless we're going to rename the podcast Discipline Equals equals Freedom freedom. Oh that was the idea Should we just rename the podcast Discipline Equals Freedom Nah Project Podcast That's who we are Boom Yeah it's not quite as catchy I don't think Yeah But Also um, At the moment working on uh, The vlog Thought we should just Say that That'll be coming out In the next I don't know how long Near future Yeah so uh, just a little this little training video you can extra- describe it basically in tales of uh typical one of the typical training days me and Hamish do so we get up and we'll go through our routine and just us having fun training hard and it's a cool enjoyable little clip or video which I hope people can watch and be inspired from and yeah enjoy nice good summary cheers bro works well yeah yeah training isn't all glamorous as an instagram i think for some people it is if you're training at innsbruck or whatever and you don't actually but then put in all the work because you've got these amazing facilities but generally i think Everyone has to push through these pain boundaries and goes through the same suffering to some degree. Yeah, for sure. I was looking at old videos 
of like me climbing just doing blocks and I saw me just making up some fun blocks in Aberdeen and I just saw the I just see the wall and I'm like there's about 12 holes on this wall how am I having so much fun but yeah it's cool to look back at things like that because it makes me appreciate what I actually can train on now I have a sick setup well not just in quarantine I mean like having all these walls like sit block now last Sunday dance is opening up and then there's the depot there's like three different walls which are just dedicated bowling walls which are very close to where I live now and before I had one wall which was like super small so yeah I just enjoyed looking back at that I found it funny yeah it's always nice to have a little look back see where you've come you don't really notice it day to day all the progression uh, general terms as well as that but yeah also you to appreciate I feel like I am improving in my climbing ability and maybe strength I don't know if strength but yeah I will be improving on the strength but for a while I was just I'm so tired all the time I don't you kind of just don't feel like you're getting better but then you get these days where you're like yeah I am getting better and this feels good and then that just reminds me of why I'm at I am still putting in the work and sometimes it gets hard because you're like I'm so fucked am I even is it even like point training today but yeah there is it's on my plan for a reason and there's exceptions to that like if I'm seriously feeling bad like if I'm ill or other things but yeah when you're just tired and sore you gotta push on yeah I'm always tired and sore now <laughs> that's the new normal it is <laughs> you... it's not that new I've, all, I've been tired and sore for the past few years I know but yeah, it's, it is nice when you have a rest or you're leading up to a competition and you're tapering and then you suddenly see all of this training that you've had the gains from but you've been too tired to use Mm. and then all of a sudden you can just suddenly so much stronger than you were and it feels like it is overnight but it's not it's over the last whole training period pretty much you building this strength just for it all to come into fruition as soon as you take this time to rest yeah i've been watching them the last dance which is it just it's a documentary on netflix about michael jordan's career and like it goes in a, a lot into detail about his last season as well or and it's just super motivating then he's gone like there's this player describing him saying oh he had the most he had the most talent but then it was speaking about him in high school and stuff and he got dropped from the team so obviously he doesn't have the most talent and he's also like in basketball times terms in height he's pretty small like yeah, and I'm like, he, he just worked so hard, and that's what we were speaking about now, is you have to put in the work. And people then label your hard work and you being an absolute G as talent, where in reality it's just you wanting to be better than everyone and making it happen. Yeah, 100% Max. 100% all just putting in the hours when no one's watching hopefully enjoying them not being too bitter about training because i want to obviously do this for a lifetime when some sports it is very much just win one big title and then retire you know it's yeah finding <laughs> finding that balance uh between enjoyment and pushing yourself to the very limit mm-hmm maybe not even find the balance finding a way to enjoy pushing yourself to the limit kill two birds with one stone yeah man Cause I, <laughs> this is a funny I don't know if I enjoyed this though so when I was like 15 maybe I used to go to CrossFit once a week every Wednesday shout out Rob Lawson my CrossFit coach absolute G and a hero um, but yeah he would make me work so hard like we would I mean, we'd orientate my CrossFit session to 
upper body climbing strength but also work my legs as well we do squats and stuff and just get a really good anaerobic workout and I spewed so many times and this feeling of being physically sick like at the time <laughs> I did not enjoy that you know but then some days you kind of just feel like ah oh, I worked so hard I spewed that's like that's good feeling but if you're at that feeling all the time I feel like you just hate it yeah, I'm feeling jealous now. I've never fully thrown up after a workout. I have. I've been close. I'm not. I have never from climbing. I've been really close. Well, not climbing, but you know, like conditioning or climbing yeah. training. I've never speed from that. But CrossFit, I have quite a few times. Yeah, for sure. It's just a lot more anaerobic, isn't it? You're running about the ski erg. Do you know what a ski erg is, Hamish? No, describe it. So it's like. A stand, a stand and frame machine. Then, if you imagine, oh, come on camera for a sec. So, if you imagine, like, it's just a machine, like, stood up straight. Then, at, then if you lift your arms up, there's handles, like you're skiing, and you pull them down. So you go like this, oh, yeah. and then you do like that for time, basically, or whatever. Um, yeah, doing it killed like this up and down it's you like skiing but man that killed and burpees i hate burpees bro yeah <laughs> it's just that work, work ethic like i remember um used to before i properly trained before i was coached by mark and all that i used to have there's like a kids club like for the like uh red goat squad it was uh, coached by Joe Swales, who is opening last Sundance with Greg. He was like the little coach there, and he used to get us to do different exercises. We'd climb, and he'd like coach us a bit. This was when I was about ten or eleven or twelve, maybe probably about ten or eleven. And he would coach us a bit, and then afterwards we'd do some conditioning. And I remember I once did this for fifteen minutes straight, out of pure stubbornness. And I think that's like you when you were. 13, 14, working until you throw up. Although that in itself probably isn't helpful. It's probably not good to be doing that every session. It's just proving to yourself you've got that mental toughness and to have that to call back on when you're struggling that you know you've got it in you when you really need it. And that's probably going to... Yeah, just putting yourself through unnecessary pain basically <laughs> that's the secret that's the tip to success put yourself through as much physical pain as possible mate that actually i didn't my i wish we had cameras on because my mouth was hitting the floor i was just like mouth open like what the fuck? 15 minute dish <laughs> that is insane yeah. Whoa, that is mad it was probably the worst form you've ever seen but yeah but still i can do it. 10 minutes. I can do a fucking two yeah, minute dish. I don't know if I could now. Oh. I think I was the I was the like, skinniest kid. I didn't think my legs really weighed much. I was basically just that, lying down. That's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, but, but yeah, yeah, you always used to just do weird stuff like that. I, I agree with um, going through pain makes you way more tougher. Like, things that I've went through as a kid... I swear has makes me able to push myself in the gym for sure. I'm not even yeah, I think that's fair to say. And also like I was gonna say something but, but I can't remember. So you can go if you want. I was gonna say it's not the pain itself, it's how you deal with it as with everything. It's not the cold water if you're having a shower, but it's the principle. Having the it's, I mean, it's yeah it's being in the cold water and then controlling your breath and reverting to a calm state it's that more than just going in some cold because you've heard that it's good to yeah go in cold water it's knowing knowing why you're doing it and having that yeah. in your mind like what you're doing and mate how how good do you feel like when i like when i first go in like sometimes i'm like <sighs> my breath gets taken away and then I start to breathe and I feel calm and then the water's not as cold like it doesn't feel as cold and then you get comfortable and it, it's really enjoyable I enjoyed the cold water 
I really want a nice tub, a nice bath. Oh, That'd be sick. Me too. Oh, one day. I wonder if you can make a DIY one. Yeah, you can. Without having to go and buy loads of ISO. You can. You get um, you know, a refrigerator tub. Uh, just what? Ref- just like an ice cube tray. No, a refrigerator. <laughs> what are you on about? A long fridge, like a a long. What? You can turn them into an ice bath, and it just constantly makes. You turn it- a fridge into an ice bath. No, nah, like a freezer. <laughs> I swear that I'm. I don't think I'd fit inside my freezer, Matt. <laughs> Bro, I'm on, I'm on a group chat on Facebook, and it's all about ice baths and the guy. I'll send you the video of the guy turning his you know meat freezer <laughs> into uh what sort of group chats are you on max of meat freezer ice bath is collective bruv so you imagine like a, for those passionate about a real meat freezers and ice bath a really long like it's kind of like the size of a bathtub and then no i mean I didn't mean if you could... That's not really DIY. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, There's no. only DIY if you've got a meat freezer lying about. I mean, like, they don't, can you just... They don't cost that much. Have one in your normal bath. I think it's going to be cheaper just to buy ice and put it in a bath. Nah, because you have to fill up every day. You have to fill up the water. You have to do that every day. With this, you can have the water for, like, weeks. Then it just... You plug it mm. in, then it freezes some of the... Like the outsides freeze and then it gets really cold and it can you can keep it at that temperature so you don't have to keep filling it up with water. That does sound quite nice. Yeah. I do really want ice. Oh. Yeah, and then you can actually oh, have it at a set temperature as well, isn't it? Yeah. I saw a picture of Ross Edgley in an ice bath the other day saying you got to recover as hard as you train. Yeah, man. You do. For... Which I don't, but I do need to. Yeah, but... We're, we're getting there. We're finding these new things. We're applying them, seeing if they work. If they work, we're like, oh, I'll keep doing this. If not, then we're like, fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Again, well put. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Some... I feel you're good at translating my ideas. Yeah, you, you're like Elon Musk, and I'm like... I don't know. John Cena. <laughs> 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 oh, man. What? Sorry? You're Elon Musk, bruv. Some mad guy. He's a pure scientist mind. And I'm just fucking some kid. John Cena. I don't think that's very well put. Yeah, it's not, but... I think you're just from Tory. <laughs> I, am, I am from Tory. To- yeah. See what... T-Y-T... Oh, fucking C-Y-T. What? What's that? T-Y... Mate, I am... T-Y-D. What? What are you on about? T... Yeah. Max is still learning the alphabet, in case anyone... Shut up. T-Y-D. Tori Young. (laughs) Young... What? Are you having y- a stroke, Max? Call someone. <laughs> YTD. Young Tory Dairy. That's what. That's the Tory gang. YTD. Are you part of that? Mate, do you think... Have you left that? Do you think I am? I'm living in Leeds. <laughs> You're living in Leeds talking about ice baths? <laughs> <laughs> probably don't qualify. Yeah. Ellie and Mark joke about this all the time. But it's probably true. Like, when I go, to, when I go home to Aberdeen... Like, I am so much more educated and I'm so much different, like, in my ways and, yeah, my vocabulary, like, the way I eat, all these things are different. I'll go home and everyone be like, who the fuck are you? Some posh voice. <laughs> posh boy, man. Speaking about your organic milk and all this stuff. I'm like, man, my body's my temple, my career. I'm going to treat it well and it will treat me well. So broken the cycle. Yeah, I feel this as well. You know, like you learn bad habits. Not even bad. You do learn bad habits from your parents and the people you're about. And mm-hmm, of course, yeah. I feel like for me, I definitely have broken away from. <laughs> not broken away from them, but obviously I have physically. Like I've left them, and then like these things. Like why? 
is it like my sister she stayed she's at well she's at home she's telling my dad all this stuff and i feel like me and my sister are complete opposites and we're twins and it's so weird that we both got the same upbringing but then again we're both so different you know what i mean i feel like yeah, that's really sure. interesting I'd... yeah i like that it kind of just reinforces the fact that you aren't destined for anything if two people with the basically the exact same upbringing can be so different like i'm not that similar to my sister either we're similar ages but we've got completely different interests but like we still get on and stuff it doesn't define you it just yeah interesting you can go separate ways even if you've got as in your case, basically the exact same genetics to some degree. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not on the you're not on the exact same path, and there's no path created for you. You have to do it yourself, innit? Pick up, exactly. pick up that spade and dig. That's that's what you gotta do. <laughs> what is the phrase? Oh, there's this mate. That's a good. That's a good phrase I heard. Oh. it was life's a. What was it? Life's a garden or something. Life's a garden, dig it. Or something like yeah, that. I can't remember. I swear on... Some hillbilly guy said it. This is going to be a good analogy. So, we're all... So, everyone in this world, we we have this our own paths or whatever. We have to create this. So, you have to pick up your spade and dig. And not everybody has the um, luckiness to be born with the wealth as other people so they won't maybe have this spade but then again you don't maybe you got a trowel or something yeah maybe they have their hands or, or like a spoon they still have maybe you have their hands or a spoon just like you can still dig you can still get there there's no reason why if you don't have that spade there's no reason why you can't create your own path fuck knows yeah. it, it was good in my head i'll think about it and yeah. i'll think about it i know I'll I'll bring a good analogy to the table next week. Yeah, I've got yeah I've got something in my head as well, but I can't put it into words. I'm not too sure what I'm trying to think. But yeah. Hmm. Wait. Not on the podcast. What time is this? Like fifty-seven. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, it reminded me of fucking Ocean Wisdom Bar. Um. I don't know what it means exactly, but it's like it's like I'm digging, trying to search for something shinier than what I'm digging with. Ooh, which I thought was well nice. I thought about that a lot. It stuck with me. I don't really know what it means, but mate, you should leave it in. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, maybe I will. Yeah, yeah. People can have a think about that if you're trying to search for something shinier than what you're digging with. Well, we're se- <sighs> do you feel we're searching for something shinier? Than what we're digging with. Um, I think, oh, maybe it's like what we like the present, like the whole experience of digging and all that. The present moment. I think that might be what he's trying to say. I don't know. Like the present moment and all that is like the actual action of digging. Like that's more important than where you're going. Like what you're. Yeah. trying to find it isn't an end goal specifically it's you've already got it <laughs> we all know our end goal well <laughs> it's death isn't it like we all know like the end that's not our goal but that's fucking what it is you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so the path is the enjoyment the journey this is the journey we were yeah. born then we die, and that in between is what we're doing right now. This is what on this journey. Yeah, as as Alan Watts said, it's not so much a journey. It's more life is more analogous with a piece of music or a dance or something like that. Like you're not aiming to get anywhere. The whole point of it is it itself. Yeah. Like you're not dancing to get to a point in the room. You're just doing it for the moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess. <laughs> Good old death. It's a nice reminder that you got to 
do shit. It is, man. Shit done. Like the other day, I was chilling. I think I was in bed, bro. Might have been bedtime, or I can't remember. And then I just had. I get these feelings that when, when it, I get this moment of realization that I'm going to die at some point. And then I feel this like, I felt this anxiety, like this burst, and I was like, kind of feeling like nothing. And I was like, mate, I, I, I fucking don't want that to happen fast, so I'm gonna go up front. You know what I mean? It just... yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one with that. Wait, yeah, you get that. It used to keep me up as a kid, like, I swear down. I used to cry in my bed and be like, Mum, what does it feel like when when after you die? And she's, she's like, the fuck are you on about? She's like, I'm like a nine-year-old kid asking these mad questions. And obviously she doesn't have an answer. And nobody has an answer. And so, mm-hmm. And I feel like, I think she said about you go to heaven maybe or some shit she did not believe in god whatsoever but that's just it's a nice sticker to hide over the truth i feel yeah i don't think that's too healthy though yeah i don't i don't i think that's probably one of the main reasons why religion's got so big is even if you don't believe it yourself you want your kids to believe it because it's first of all it's easier for you you don't have to Tell them about something you yourself don't know the answer to, mm. and you have to, have to yeah, you don't have to deal with that. And then secondly, it, it's going to be comforting to them if they think there's more to it than this. If they think someone's watching over them, so I kind of see, I kind of see, it kind of makes sense to me. But if if I didn't believe in God when I was I don't know like two thousand years ago or whatever. I would probably tell my kids because <laughs> it might improve their quality of life to such a degree if they believe in it and say they do believe in it and they pass it on to their kids and it sprouts from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when the time where religion was collated, people still thought that the earth was flat. They had no real knowledge about biology and all these other things. So of course you're going to make Fast decisions when you don't know, say this um like Buddhist monk or something. He said this along the lines of because you don't know the answer of this thing, and your laziness is making you like you you not being able to comprehend what this is, like what life is, and this searching for this thing which nobody knows the answer for. Just because it doesn't mean you should stop searching and use your not knowingness or whatever to start worshipping your ignorance on not going out and finding what the real answer is or something. I can't remember, but it was... Yeah, it's it's a, it's a search that's important, not the answer, like even if there isn't a definite well, and he was saying how one word answer like God. Yeah, it's the whole point is to go and find it. And he was just saying how, cause, cause we don't know and have no idea, it doesn't mean you should make up a story and be like, yeah, that's it. I have no idea what life is, or how it was created. So it must be God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was kind of cool, though. It was That's dunk. the whole point. <laughs> no one knows, Max. Yeah, no, that is fun. We could be in a game, man. We could just be in a matrix. Simulation, yeah. Nick Bostrom's simulation argument. Look it up, people. We could be in a little rabbit hole. We could just be... This planet is in a bowl, and we're just... The universe is that little, like black hole is just a little bowl like a rabbit hole and we're just inside that and we're not escaping yet until we die and we escape the bowl and we go on to a different life i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what psychedelics have you done before this podcast max <laughs> Man, I just, that's just off my cup of tea bro i just made that up right now <laughs> has mark been spiking your drinks nah but we did grow natural mint in the garden. A nice mint tea. I don't. I don't think that has too many hallucinogenic properties. Yeah, it doesn't. My mum made mint tea the other day. Did she? I was. Well nice. I was speaking to your mum, 
Uh, no, I wasn't. I was what? I was <laughs> I was speaking about. You got another podcast with her. <laughs> I was speaking about your mum, to Mark. I was just saying how I was telling him I was like, Mark, I really want like I just want to get a fresh honeycomb and honey and just be in this nice place and just eat this honeycomb and just savor it. And I was like, oh, Hamish's mum keeps bees and stuff. And it's like so cool. And I remember Hamish giving me honey. And what was it? She was feeling like the flowers which the bees go to can predict or make the honey taste different. And then your honey was kind of yeah. minty, I think it was. I was saying how amazing it was. It was like lavender. Lavender, that was the one. Oh, oh. so good. Bro. And it cures hay fever, apparently. Well, not cures, but reduces. Because you're getting the hay fever. So you're getting micro doses of pollen, yeah. Wow. From local honey. Mate. I'm going to tell... See, that's why I haven't been sneezing so much lately. Whoa. That's why there's no Andre screams in these last episodes. All that honey. Honey, honey. We can just finish up if you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. Been a while. It has an hour and seven minutes. So. It goes quickly. Boom. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been fun. Episode 10 is done and dusted. And we look forward to filming another episode next week. I'm not sure what the plans are. We might have a guest on during the week. If not, it will be same time, same place on Friday. So, yeah. Like, subscribe share this say if you enjoyed it and if you have any questions then slide into our dms easy sweet yeah just what max said that's all i enjoyed that outro in a bit in a bit i enjoyed that outro